Hey guys, thanks for joining Plugs In With YP again as always. I'm your host. We're missing our great Monique this week, but I'm Celine Craig and I'm holding it down. I'm a public health professional here in Atlanta, Georgia, and we appreciate you listening again. And as always, Plugs In With YP. chance to create a voice for young professionals in Atlanta. And so we always are going to cover an array of topics from community service to how Urban League and the ULGAYP is working and showing up in greater Atlanta and really doing our thing. So to kick things off, we are going to have this unique discussion about the Black dollar, what it means, and why economics are important to us. But our guests today are Dr. Jacqueline Dow, and she's the owner of J-Dow Fitness, and Joshua Jackson, who is the owner of Fourth Quarter Performance. So I'm super excited. Before we get into our conversation with them, I'm going to lay down some numbers for you all so we can just have a baseline so we understand why. We out in public health, we do the scope of the problem. So According to Nelson's power of the Nelson, the people who rate the ratings on the TV, uh, the power of the black community from moment to movement report um, in 2019, right before COVID, African-Americans buying power stood at one point four trillion, not million, not billion, but one point four trillion. And that's been a 48 percent increase since 2010. So within the last decade, pretty much half um, an increase. Um, and it surpasses both whites who are at 40% increase and the total U.S. population at 53. So we're spending a whole bunch of money. So we're going to talk about how we expending a lot, but are we putting a lot back in? So we're going to talk about probably that too, to get started about the buying and, um, you know, making sure we have assets, not liabilities. Hopefully all that will be discussed. And then it's estimated in 2024, the African-Americans will be spending, their spending power will be on track to reach 1.8 trillion. So super, super interesting as far as where we stand in the grand scope of things versus what we're spending. Uh, but I want to ask, just to, just to start us off, I want to start um, off asking um, Joshua and Dr. Dow, doesn't matter who goes first, I would say ladies go first, um, but whoever um, wants to um, start us off with what does the power of the Black dollar mean to you, um, just uniquely, um, not any definitions, but what do you hear when you mean to that and what's this importance to your business um, and just when you hear it just to your personal experiences and growth? I would say the information that you shared, a part of it was something that I already knew. Like we already know that the black community that we we do have a significant amount of buying power. But I think what's new um, within today's time is the buy black movement. That was something that I was introduced to once I moved to Atlanta. And for me, um, just as a person in general, it's it's not about um, it's not about the trend, right? So for me in my home, it's literally everything we purchase, we try to purchase black, you know, um, from our toothpaste to our soap, to hair products, to our clothing. Um, so it's literally, you know, all of my, our Christmas presents, it was, you know, for my black owned business. So I think it has to be 
um, not just a trend, but something that you believe in and something that you literally attempt to do every day. Okay. And I just want to know really quickly. I know I'm a Colgate Crest user. What, what toothpaste is out there that is black owned? Oh, I have a few. I can send you some links. Cool, cool. I'm like, I want to know, because I've been thinking that Colgate, Colgate and Chris have been fighting my cavities for the past 20 years. <laughs> Joshua, what does the black dollar mean to you? And, um, community. I, growing up, my parents, they owned a restaurant growing up, and I seen what the power of just the community does with them investing into it, pouring into it, what it used as it was a staple within the neighborhood, within our my hometown. I'm from North Carolina, Gastonia. I had to always make sure I let people know that. And, okay. I, and my, my parents were a pillar in a community. And I seen people, literally their children growing up. I seen how it gave hope. It gave opportunity. It gave inspiration for young people in that, in that same neighborhood to say that, man, here's somebody that's just like us. That's doing something. They're going out on their own. They're not going to go work for someone, which is nothing against that, but that they had the the inspiration that they had the determination to say, you know what, I'm going to step out on my own and I'm going to provide something for my community, for the people around me and in return. They embrace it. And now it's a staple thing where, you know, it's embedded in my head. I remember being a child and seeing people come in and what that meant to them. And it all boils down to being a community. And I think Atlanta does such a great job with this because you feel comfortable doing that here. And a lot of places where we're from, it, it may not be comfortable to just spend through the black dollar because there may be other antagonists that said, don't do that. Or I may not get business from everyone, but here you feel comfortable saying that in Atlanta because they embrace it fully here. Like Dr. Dow even said, so um, it, it means a lot to me. I've seen it physically I, and, I, and I love watching it here. It makes me feel good about the city even more. I've been here about 10 years now. Okay. I remember um, watching during the holiday season that just passed, um, uh, Tri- uh, Killer Mike had this documentary about keeping the dollar in the Black community for a day. And he found it really, really hard. And I kind of, that kind of, re- I was like, 2021, I need to really be more conscious of that because um, mine goes, I'll be honest, real honest with you, mine goes out of the Black community probably after my second purchase, probably two times. And then it's, yeah. So, and, and I think it more relates to food. I think that's where mine goes out of the black community. I would say before most other things. Um, so I definitely, um, definitely appreciated Killer Mike doing that documentary. Um, but it was telltale of you know what what we buy and buy and power all all of what you all just said community. Um, and he found it difficult. Um, so with you all being uh, business owners, there's about. 2.5 million Black business owners nationwide. And that number, of course, is increasing. But according to come of some of our sources that we kind of, we, we like to do a little background research before we do these podcasts, um, there was a report that came out saying that Metro Atlanta in Georgia ranks about fifth in the country for the most successful Black businesses. Um, so with success comes a couple of challenges. I was surprised. We're right um, in front, we're right behind uh, Memphis, uh, Montgomery, Alabama, Jackson, and Huntsville, Alabama. So um, I'm still in the South, mostly in the South as far as uh, most successful Black businesses there in the South, which is interesting. Just kind of, in, I don't know if you all want to speak to context of the fact that we found that historically African-Americans were found to be more successful with their Black businesses actually when we were segregated because we all, we kept, we couldn't shop other places. So we kept our dollar in the Black community longer and I remember one of my, my 
I think one of my grandparents telling me that um, integration wasn't the best thing for some communities because it, we lost that sense of community because we were ready. We were ready to go out and spend money elsewhere when we were able to. Um, but what are some challenges that you all face um, with your businesses um, and how they kind of help to get to where you all are now? Um, if you want to tell a little bit, bit of background, we would love, of course, please promote your Black business. Um, I'm all for that. So please share a little bit, just a background about who you are, how your business came to be, and some of those challenges, um, especially during 2021 and just this kind of whole season we're in with COVID. Uh, well, I am the founder and CEO of Jade Owl Fitness. We are an athleisure apparel company based here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, so we literally have everything for everybody from active wear to leisure. Um, our sizes range from small to 3XL. So we literally have something for every woman. So thinking about challenges, I launched Jade Owl Fitness about three years ago. At the time, I was about to graduate with my doctorate in public health. I had a really nice job as a research scientist working for um, a consulting firm here in Atlanta. And I was literally laid off like a week and a half before my dissertation defense. It was during that time where I just got really frustrated, you know, like I'm tired of putting my, um, you know, my financial stability in the hands of someone else, regardless of, you know, how many degrees I have or how much money I make. And I have been telling my husband for years, like, I really want to start my own athleisure apparel company. I really want to do it. I really want to do it, but I will always talk myself out of it. So my husband actually encouraged me to use this season as an opportunity to, to get yourself started. And so that's really um, where Jade Owl Fitness came from. Um, I would say challenges. Just in the beginning, I was new to Atlanta. You know, no one knew me. <laughs> um, I'm starting a, you know, I, I was new here. No one knew who I was. I didn't really have a huge social media following. Um, so that was a challenge, kind of getting myself out there um, and getting Jade Owl Fitness known as, um, as a popular brand. And I, I would say moving forward to COVID, I did not know what to do. You know, <laughs> I, I legitimately, I didn't know what to do. I had thousands of dollars worth of inventory sitting in my living room. And I'm like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get this stuff sold now that there's no in-person shopping experience? So um, I would just say that the challenge was getting past my own, can you do this? Because I was accustomed to, to doing things in person. So transitioning to technology um, and moving all of those purchases online. That was definitely a challenge. But once I kind of told myself, okay, COVID isn't going anywhere. So you need to figure this out and get it together quick. Um, and once I kind of had that pep talk with myself, I was honestly surprised. I did better last year than I did the first two years in business. So four quarter performance, we're a members only facility located in West Midtown, Atlanta. Uh, we've been open for three years, literally now. And uh, before that, I managed at a gym. I managed and trained at gyms going up. I actually got into the business through my my godfather and my mentor in this business. The whole reason why I got into it was my dad passed away when I was uh, 14, which even kind of fueled the fire for getting into fitness even more. And um, he came to the funeral. He said, we're going to go to the league. And I started working. I didn't even move to Atlanta originally to work uh, in the gym. He lived here, but I used to work for Grady Memorial. I worked with environmental and epidemiology. I basically went through the hospital all day and, and scored for OSHA. 
And um, I, I did that for some time. Same thing with Doc. You know, they they came to me and told me uh, they gave me the the we're not firing you, but we don't need your service no more. <laughs> um, so it, it it threw me into what I wanted to do, and, and I I went I really learned from the bottom up of what to do inside the business when it comes from managing. That's literally what he told me. He's like, you're gonna learn how to run a gym, and you know there's still there's still things as a business owner I'm still learning in in that realm because I learned a piece of it because you got to, in order to really truly learn, I think you have to go through it. And since I've opened up, I've learned a lot of the biggest things. And COVID was a great example of what to learn was because like Dr. Dow said, I didn't know what to do. I was sitting up here scratching my head for about a week and a half. Like, all right, well, what, well, how are we going to make this happen? You know, and, um, you know, aside from God, it, it was something I had to sit down and really start game planning and, and really switch that gear over to being online because our members on the facilities about community. You know, I see people every day. I'm physically, you know, walking past people. I'm physically, if it's not the client, then it's somebody coming in for meeting. So I'm naturally every day I'm used to just getting up and going to go be around people. And for me not to have to be around people and, and transfer everything over to online and figure out the best way to do it. And which during that time, we created our online program, the 30 Day Grind last year. And um, it was amazing. Like we literally were helping people from all over the world. You know, we were giving away money to, um, you know, black owned, small black owned businesses that may have not survived during quarantine the first few months. We were paying people to have the best transformation. And you just started seeing people from all over the world working on their mental and physical health through 30 minutes of exercise, three days out of the week. And it, it was, man, it was amazing. You know, I, I, I love quarantine. Quarantine was something great. Aside from all the bad things, it, it opened up so many more doors and opportunities. With this Black-owned business movement, and I think, Joshua, you talked about this a little earlier, um, about how it's great here. There's that support. There's that, that community. How do you all network when it comes to Black-owned businesses? Because just like Dr. Dow just said, she knew nobody here. I'm in public health. I have a passion for creative branding marketing, but I literally am bio-pre-med. I'm applying for medical school. My, I don't have a, a, a space in my head that I know from background about finances and sustainability for your business. And just to how to engage customers. I mean, all these things, like how do you all network as far as those Black-owned businesses concerned to be better, know your competition, you know, network with competition or collaborators or however you may call it. Um, but how does that kind of look as far as what you all have been? I know about the gathering spot now, um, but there's, I know, way more than just the gathering spot. But the gathering spot is the spot. I, I love that place. Well, I'm actually a member of the gathering spot 2019. I fully agree. It's an amazing place because it's about community. And um, I believe in, there's a, I, I always say iron sharpens iron because there's something that I look to my friends, my circle around me, the community that comes to the gym as inspiration and not that I rely on it, but it's good to have that around you because, you know, you as a business owner, I'm pretty sure we all know, or even just as a human being, as we get older, we have our days. Our days sometimes are up, our days are sometimes down, but it's so great for somebody. There's something that happens that they bring when they walk into that door, whether it's a new, a new business venture that they just started or they just uh, sealed the deal on a new uh, contract. There's something going on and everybody that comes to our gym are usually busy professionals are like former athletes. So they all have the same type of mindset. Like I got to pour into myself before I go pour out into this world. And the things that they're doing in this world are so motivating and um, invigorating. It's, it's, it's powerful to, 
to be able to have that type of energy around you, pushing you and being around like-minded individuals that have that same mindset. Cause you know, just sitting in the room talking to you both, like just hearing your accolades, first and foremost, salute to the grind on those. Cause y'all are doing y'all thing right now. And that, and being able to celebrate. Cause I love collabing. I love, I'm a, I'm a people person. Like I told you, we grew up in a restaurant where every day I had to say hi to people. And, um, but I, I think that goes hand in hand because people want that. People want to be around other people like that. That's why you go to Quick Trip. That's why you, when you go on a Quick Trip, I love Quick Trip. I love Publix because it's a welcoming atmosphere when you walk in there. And we want to we want to be able to have that same thing within our businesses. You know, why should we have to go somewhere like that to get that same type of love when we when our own friends, our own community have businesses that we could be able to pour into, get that same energy from, and expect the same from them. Exactly, Dr. Dow. So for me, I literally pounded the pavements. Like when I moved here, I started Jade Out Fitness. I went to, I want to say every, I was selective, but if there was an event um, with black owned businesses or anything regarding entrepreneurship or the black dollar, I went, you know, I was there. I, you know, clearly was able to introduce myself to people and, and network. Um, so I also started to provide my products in person. Um, I worked with the village market and honestly, I promise my business would not be as successful as it is without them. So I think I launched in July and I did my first in-person shopping experience with the village market in November. And I was blown away to see so many other Black businesses. Um, and we literally just networked and loved on each other and shopped from each other. Um, and they also did a great job. They had what was called, a, I can't remember the full name, but I know it was like a clinic for all of the vendors who would be participating in that shopping experience. And they talked about everything from um, your, your setup to customer experience to product placement. And it was like, everything that I needed as a new business owner. I hadn't even, you know, it had only been a matter of a few months. And I literally left that. It was a two day shopping experience and I left in tears. Like I felt like I had just been to the biggest black family reunion and everybody was like hugging me and like telling me how great my product was and shopping. And I, I was like, I had never experienced anything like that in my life. And that literally every market they've had, I've been there. And one other quick thing with the village market, we had shopping experiences quarterly, um, but now we actually have a store in Pont City, which is huge. Um, so there are 27 black owned businesses in the store. And uh, the first round of businesses were hand selected and mine's happened to be one of them. So I'm blessed to have um, a, a successful online business, but also an opportunity for people to shop in person. Awesome. Congratulations on that. I, that's, yeah. that's, yes, love it. What, so the village market, just to be clear for listeners, um, uh, it's, it's like a pop-up. Is it a place where all kind of like a kind of bodega of different vendors, you know, for minorities, is it just black? Is it just women? What, what's the kind of, layout of it, I guess, in person, because I actually am not familiar with Village Market. So they actually do a number of things. So I was just um, speaking to one concept. So they are very big on circulating the Black dollar. So each quarter they have a market. 
um, and they allow, um, they, they, you have to apply, Black-owned businesses have to apply, and they get thousands of applications, literally from Black-owned businesses all over the world, and they select a number of Black-owned businesses who can participate. And so it's literally either a one-day or two-day event um, where Black businesses come together, they provide their product, and it's marketed out to the community. Typically, um, you'll see a lot of celebrities there, radio personalities promoting the event. It's definitely uh, the place you want to be in the Black community um, whenever they have the event for that uh, for that season. But it's typically once a quarter. But I don't I don't think we've had one since you know due to COVID. But typically, um, it would be once a quarter, and it's just a great shopping experience. Um, you all kind of touched on something that, I, of course, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about. In our world of public health that I'm um, first from, um, we call this a pandemic, um, and which really was not only just a pandemic for us as humans fighting for our lives, but as African-Americans fighting for some things I think we've been fighting for since we got here, um, to be real honest. <laughs> um, but... For you all, um, you know, for me, I, I find it funny when a lot of these non-Black um, businesses are so, like, quick to put up that first post about, we are with the Black community, but you have um, images of, like, European beauty all over your websites, and your your most of your money comes from the African-American community, or, you know, you're, you're tainting us with these images that are not proportionate to what African-American women look like, or, you know, just any of that, and I won't call any names on any businesses, but I, mean, I can, but I don't work. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, how are you all kind of fighting that good fight, social? And then you all are in the fitness space. I'm not in the fitness space business-wise, but I love going to my gyms. I love shopping for different athleisure wear. Those are my two spaces. Y'all are definitely, I'm definitely a customer of you all, but I'll definitely have to check you all on a personal tip. But what all, um, what would you give like a call to action to the listeners about what they, what you all have done to support and what other listeners should kind of be doing to support and that kind of social injustice um, kind of fight uh, when it comes to um, black owned businesses and kind of being a part of that conversation, you know, just to share maybe, maybe some steps you all took that might've been different before. I mean, even though you were a black owned business, but. We have to treat our black owned businesses how we would treat the other businesses that that we uh, highlight when we want our business to be built into, you know, when people are like, I want to be the ex of this, the ex of fitness or the ex of fashion. And it's not a black owned business. And it's, you can do the same thing in your business as they are doing, you know, it, in training and being a service, like you, a lot of times I hear this is you, somebody will come in and they be like, well, that's way too expensive you go to a place like LA fitness or you go to these, these, uh, soul cycles or orange theories. I don't hear nobody going there and negotiating prices. Exactly. prices. <laughs> exactly. I don't see you negotiating prices and, and going in there and trying to talk things down. And we're like, and, you know, cause we're bad about that. It, granted, we want to support each other, but at the same time, it comes with, it comes with some different demands within it. Instead of just saying how we do when we go into, you know, these luxury high end fashion places, we do, I don't hear I don't hear nobody going into Lululemon and saying, "Hey, can y'all take fifty dollars off of my set?" You know, oh. a valid customer that walks in here. You know, I'm not uh, Nike. Hey, you know, I know I'm at the discount. I know I'm at the the outlet. Can y'all take an additional X amount off of this gear for me? Because you know, I wear Nike like because that's the status quo. But 
J-Dow can be the same status quo as Nike, as it already is. It can, it, we have the, we have the opportunity to pour into each other, but we first, I think, have to understand that we're already that, you know, don't under, uh, don't underhand yourself, don't short yourself, you know, which is something I had to learn. I had to learn that in business is like, well, let me go, let me charge less. So that way I can get more because how could somebody tell me no, when in reality, I know I'm worth more, you know, my, I have to set my standard, but at the same time, when your own community at times tells you that they talk you down and you're trying to fit into a bubble, you're trying to suppress yourself and compress yourself to allow other people to be able to digest you. Mm-hmm. And that I had to start walking out of is like, all right, well, if I'm investing my time, nah, you're not going, I'm not going to small, make myself small to fit what you can do. How about you step up to it the same way that you step up to the other things that you invest into already? And don't short me just because I'm a black owned business because that's cousin. Like that's, oh, cousin got me. Cousin going to take care of me. <laughs> you know, nah, that, no, because cousin got bills and, and responsibilities just like you in my business. My business doesn't run and operate off of cousin. A lot right. of times, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I think that's a, it's a hard battle because we want to provide so much and we know how hard it is building up that we want to be understanding. But in reality, in business, like, I don't hear Gucci talking about they cutting prices so you can fit it into your budget today to get that bag. I think Josh is definitely preaching on this Sunday (laughs) because I've definitely had that issue over the past three years. Um, And it's funny you mentioned Lululemon because when I first came out, again, I don't know if it's because I was naive or because I was not paying $100 for a pair of leggings. Um, but I had no idea who Lululemon was. And so a lot of people would say, oh my gosh, this is so much cuter than Lululemon and nowhere near the price. Or, oh my gosh, like look at the price and the quality. This is, you know, even better than Lululemon or just the same. And so I think sometimes with black owned businesses, like you can't downgrade the quality. Yes, I'm a black owned business, but, but my quality is just as good as a predominantly white company. And so I think that, you know, people will, oh, can I get a discount? You know, like, oh, are you still offering free shipping? Or, you know, I've heard it all. I've heard it all. And it is frustrating because another thing that we don't talk about with Black-owned businesses is that we don't have the backing that a lot of these larger corporations have. I shared share my experience. Joshua had a similar experience. A lot of times we're literally using what we have to start our businesses. There's no bank behind us. There's no one writing a check. You know, I literally, I pay for it all. And so as a result, our prices is going to be what they are because we're forking over all of the money for our product, to cover the rent, to cover the utilities, to pay the staff. I mean, people, this is a business. This isn't, you know, a cute little thing that I'm just doing. Like, this is a legitimate business. Mm-hmm. And right. so I don't know if people have bad experiences. And then now, oh, all Black businesses are that. We're, we're not all in the same. And so I think that you have to, you have to give us a chance, right? And let us, let us prove that our product is solid and so is our customer service and, and the price is what it is for a reason. Did you have something else, Joshua? You had another uh, I was just, I was just agreeing with it. Cause I, you know, this is being an entrepreneur as a business owner, a small business owner, she hit it dead on the nail. 
I think, you, you know, I had, my parents were, they hustled to get to where they got to. They worked hard and they, I see a lot of my, my friends that went into business that aren't, they, they're not black owned businesses, you know, and I see that they didn't have the same struggles or the same, the same hardships within it. And why is because they had the back and they, they knew the game plan to go into that. And I think now we're walking into an age where we're, we have more information to not have to be in those situations of like, dang, I got to take from Peter to pay Paul to give to John and, you know, figure out how I'm going to give Peter and Paul their money back. Cause you know, John, I, I gave all of that to John and whereas now it's, there's so many, you know, from taking out the loans to grants that they're building out now, especially specifically for black owned businesses, you know, once again, COVID and quarantine allowed for a bigger light to be shed on us. Um, and, and to be able for us to, to walk out here and compete and not only compete with these businesses, but have that saying where somebody doesn't look at it. Cause I think sometimes we look at it, oh, this is a black owned business. So it doesn't hold the same weight as these other, especially in this gym atmosphere, you know, I, I, I preached, you know, granted Atlanta is such a great place um, where we, we're just the dominant figure here, you know, but there's places like Charlotte, that, well, I'm from North Carolina, like I said, and where, you know, it's in, you're struggling to compete with that. If you threw your prices out there, they're going to be like, nah, I'm going to go to them because they've been around longer, but what's the difference? You know, like because you the you come to the culture for everything else. But when you have to start investing, really investing into yourself, you don't feel like you can invest into us because you, you're for us. Like you say, with these big businesses, I'm for what y'all are doing. But y'all don't do what I y'all don't do typically or what I feel is good business or big business. So let me pour my money. Let me pour this money opportunity into um, into this gym or into this cycling studio as opposed to pouring into these small black owned businesses even more, because I feel like they got it a little bit more down pat, but we have it down pat. We may just not have the funding like these other facilities, other places. And that honest, at the end of the day, it's the financials. It's the backing that, that separates. Like we, we have to do things in pieces. I'm pretty sure Dr. Dow, like when you, when you made your first drop, you didn't go in there and buy all the different colors, all the different sets. You like, I had to strategically drop this one, to get to this one and this one. Exactly. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, and whereas some people like, man, we already had the funding for that because our friends already put the money together and they didn't even question what we were doing. I told them to return. That's the thing that we don't have until now. I think until last year, that's where we're starting to see more of us get together and on these conversations like Dr. Dow, come to my gym next week. I want you to set up shop. I want you to have your stuff out. We're starting to do more of that now and helping out each other. But we still have, we still got a ways to go. But I, something like this, this conversation is what's going to make that happen. Yeah, I think that you, you hit the nail on the head, the financial piece, because I know with my business, like you said, I started off very small. <laughs> um, and like, you're like, okay, let me do the math. How much can I make off of this? And, you know, and you grow and you grow. But I think a lot of times people will come and they're like, well, do you have this? And, do you, you know, do you have men's clothing? And do you, ha do you have stuff for kids? And I'm like, I'm doing the best I can to provide what you see here. And it's because of the financial piece that Black businesses sometimes can't come out the gate providing an array of what they want. It's not because they don't have the vision. Um, if, if the vision is there, they're just doing what they can with the finances that they have. And so I appreciate the grants for Black-owned businesses that have come during COVID. But 
in all honesty, I feel like that should have, why did it have to take COVID for, for people to want to pour into the Black community? Why did it take COVID for people to want to buy Black? You know, this has to be a concept outside of pandemic. We, we, we need the funding, period. Not because of pandemic, because we need it, right? And we need to buy Black because that should be ingrained in our culture, not because there's a global pandemic and now we have to support Black-owned businesses. You know, this should just be what we do and how we operate. That's my biggest thing with when I speak to organizations um, and they try to do a lot of this DI, DNI, what diversity and inclusion and equity training talks and with, with product-based businesses that are really into like, uh, we support Black Lives. It's like, okay, you put up this post, but what 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 is what are you doing besides that? And is this something that's hot for the moment? Is this trendy? Because like we've been needing this help before now and we're going to need it after. Um, and that's my only biggest thing, especially about these kind of conversations. So not let the fire of, oh, we're in this moment of, I want to support a Black business. I got to keep my dollar in the Black community for a month. You know, like, will that be next year? Will that be this summer when summertime 2021, when we're outside? You know, how, you know, like, how far does it, because people are ready to fly. There's actually um, African-American women or African women who have their own um, airlines. Like, how far are y'all willing to take it? (laughs) You know, so I really want to see this not be a trend and something that we do for the moment. Um, and so really keep because this has happened before. I remember um, maybe a few years back, like the kind of trend about like black businesses and all. But it just seems to go in waves. Um, but this wave seems to be a little bit longer. I just really, really hope that it continues. Um, and, you know, I think that the gathering spot in the village market, those type of uh, community type organizations that are really helped to, here to help us bring this together together. I just, they're going to get bigger and better. Um, I mean, literally, just what kind of word of mouth, um, I think, from just experiences just like we had. But hopefully they just get bigger and better with their um, influence on really just just connecting us all, um, our communities. But I don't want to keep you all. I definitely appreciate this time. I hope this was a unique conversation, listeners. Uh, you know, we always want to bring unique and fresh, trendy uh, things that are on cutting edge to you all that you all are not hearing everywhere else and give it to you um, really like it's supposed to be um, and not sugarcoated. We want to thank our guests, Joshua and Dr. Dow. Um, but we want you all to first um, let them know how you you all can, how they can support. I know Dr. Dow talked about being at Ponds. Um, you could just share a little bit more where in Ponds, because girl, when I go at Ponds, I want to go straight to your store and go out, and I need to know, you know, where Joshua is, you know, don't, don't just say, you know, I was off 75, like, give us a little bit more detail, as we can put your social media up and stuff, but um, just how we can support you all, it might be where you can find and do a class online, or, you know, whatever. Of course, so you can, of course, always go to our website, jdowfitness.com, that's J-D-O-W fitness, our social media handle is Jadeal Fitness on all social media platforms. And our athleisure apparel is also available at the Village Market at PCM. And so, um, like you said, you need to know exactly where to go uh, because uh, Palm City is quite large. So if you go into um, the building where you have the food cafeteria, if you go upstairs on the second floor, it's right next to the Root Bakery. Awesome. Awesome. Mr. Joshua? Joshua Jackson, fourth quarter performance. You can find us either online. We're located in West Midtown, physically location. 
is uh, West Midtown off of Marietta Boulevard, 2310 Marietta Boulevard. It's literally five minutes from Top Golf, uh, 10 minutes from the heart of downtown. Uh, we offer group training there. We also offer one-on-one training, nutrition counseling. And then we have our online program, which is the fourth quarter method, uh, where we're, we're literally helping people with accountability and sustainability through programs that are helping teach what they're needing to evolve as a person uh, fitness-wise through our program. And you can find that on fourthquarterperformance.com. And then I have an apparel, have apparel, our grind lifestyle apparel. And that's just something on the side that we do. But it's something that means so much to me because the grind is where what got us to this conversation right now. Uh, but you can find us at Fourth Quarter Performance on Instagram or Facebook. And then Joshua Grinds with the Z. Uh, I'm the guy with the beard when you see the photo. And um, you can find me on social media there too, man. So other than that, I'm, hey, listen, I'm just uh, I'm happy to be on this phone call with y'all today. I think this was needed. You know, we're going to continue to have to push the narrative to pour into each other to give organic conversation and to you know just uplift each other and make sure that we're heading in the right direction. Yes, thank you so much. And I really just love that you all. I'm really big into nutrition, fitness, uh, wellness, just the whole shebang. So I appreciate you all kind of bringing us into that aspect. Um, I know you all probably have your reasons of why you started it for maybe some type of journey. I know I've had my own fitness journeys as well. So I just appreciate you all just being aware and conscious of that and stepping into those spaces because they're huge spaces um, to be able to jump into, especially like you said, on the grand scheme. We appreciate you all having this conversation with us. You can share um, this podcast on any of the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and we are hosted off of Anchor. So we're on most um, streaming platforms. Please, please keep your eyes out for our next episode and be sure to follow us. And this was Plugged In with YP. Thanks, guys.